Happy Sunday, everybody. And welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast, Made Man, where this morning I watched season six, episode 10 of Mad Men, a tale of two cities. And yes, uh, if you are a up-to-date listener, again, with a Sunday. But I, I had a feeling it was going to happen this week. Um, last week, I was in complete Star Wars mode. All I was watching were the Star Wars movies, getting all caught up. And then Friday night, went to go see The Rise of Skywalker at 10 o'clock at night. I didn't get home till almost 1 a.m. Um, I just knew there was no chance I was going to be able to podcast. I was kind of a mess most of the day yesterday as far as tired and falling asleep and all that stuff. But here I am today to talk about a wonderful episode of Mad Men. Um, but before I do, before I do, I've got more voicemails from my buddy Raphael. And w- before we hear from Raphael, let's hear a message from today's sponsor. Hello, this is Raphael. This is uh, in regarding to uh, the tale of two cities next episode. Clearly, um, uh, referring to New York City and L.A., as both Don and Roger take their trip to L.A. to visit Carnation uh, with Harry. Uh, but I also think that the tale of two cities may refer to the two actual advertising firms that have merged. You have the struggle between Cutler um, and the firm that he's respected to, and then you have, even at the end of the last scene, you see uh, Pete representing from the other kind of city, the, the other firm, uh, the old... Sterling Cooper, Shaper Price. So you kind of see those internal struggles occurring as these two newly merged firms are kind of battling, having these internal battles going on. The one thing I liked about the LA trip was kind of seeing how both Roger and Don are reacting to it differently. Uh, Roger, who was pretty much shown to be out of his element in L.A., um, you know, kind of real sure of himself and secure while in New York, but in L.A., you saw that even uh, absorbing a punch from young, from short, little short producer Danny, so L.A. is really not treating Roger well in this episode, as Don, Don's really finding uh, kind of an attraction to the city, smoking some hashish, uh, but then, of course, it turned sour as uh, he had a near-death experience, seeing Megan, uh, seeing the uh, the ghost of the soldier, until Roger uh, saved him out from the pool. But I also think that this uh, episode is a clear indication of where advertising is going. Um, definitely have a lot more companies that are represented in the West, so... Just as Roger told Danny, are you going to keep going west? Well, I think that's just how indicative it is of industry in, in general. As they're heading west and uh, you have uh, agencies that are set up in the east that are going to have to uh, establish new quarters in the west to handle these types of, this type of industrial or commercial movement to the west. Um, the one thing I did love about this episode was seeing the growth in Peggy and Joan. Uh, clearly, this episode was regarding uh, Joan's kind of journey or struggle to emerge as a credible partner. Um, clearly, she has let this stigma of how she became a partner 
uh, impact her and, and impact her worse. I mean, clearly, even when Peggy, out of out of gist, when she's mad, makes a uh, remark to Joan that I didn't sleep with Dawn, uh, you can see that Joan is still affected by this. Um, anybody would be. Uh, but I, I'm, I clearly love this episode just by seeing the growth in Joan. She saw an opportunity, and that entrepreneurial spirit in her just erected and rose. And clearly, uh, she's shown that she can play with the big boys by uh, wrangling in Avon. And I also applaud Peggy's growth as well. Uh, clearly seeing uh, Peggy kind of save Joan from that meeting uh, was a, a clear growth in her as well. And then the one other thing I did love was seeing the two client meetings and the two distinct differences in how those, those came about. Oh, what a wonderful sponsor and a wonderful bunch of voicemails from Raphael. And I have to say, once again, I didn't listen to his messages. So hopefully he doesn't say anything offensive on there. I'm listening to them now as I'm listening to this episode. And I looked at them. I saw them. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to them. And be the reason I didn't want to listen to them, and no offense, Raphael, because I'm playing them. I obviously like them. Uh, I did not want to be swayed in any way with any opinion. I wanted to kind of go in completely blind, and maybe we'll see if things match up with what uh, my buddy Raph and um, my brain said. I don't know if that will happen, but uh, maybe. So, A Tale of Two Cities. What are these two cities? What does that mean? Well, that is a Dickens, uh, right? Charles Dickens? Me, me smart. That's a Dickens uh, story, uh, so I don't know the significance of how that works into it because, again, me smart. But I do know that in this episode, it is kind of a tale of two cities, almost a tale of three cities because we have New York, we have L.A., and we have Detroit. But I think the two cities are L.A. and Detroit. Um, both, of the, uh, both of those cities are where clients are, and they have to go – and meet with those clients, or a few clients. Um, there's a lot that happens in this episode. And it's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow the characters. Um, because that's how I usually do it. Because I already forget how this episode started. Because, again, me smart. I think it starts with Don watching TV. But I could be wrong. Uh so they, it's the Democratic Convention. It's the, the, right around the time Nixon. It looks like we're in, we're in the 70s now. That I, I probably should have known. I've been watching this show. I mean, you think I'd know where we are. We're in the 70s now. Um, and Nixon is um, going to – he's going to be the president. They don't know that. They don't expect that. Or, you know, the, at least Don was like, you think Nixon's going to win? Um, and there's a little back and forth between him and uh, – Megan talking about it. Um, he's like, you can't even vote. And she's like, I still live here. Maybe that came later. I'm really bad at this. I can't believe you still listen. I love that you do. It's obviously my soothe and sultry soothe, my smooth and sultry voice and my very good vocabulary. So let's just go with Don. Don is uh, traveling. Megan's packing his swimsuit. She really wants him to go swimming. She says that a few times. You should go swimming. You should go swimming. It makes you feel better. And remember, Don um, did go swimming at one point. Um, there was like a time where he would go. Remember like when he wrote the, the essay about tobacco and getting out of tobacco? Uh, he wrote that 
and thought about it while he was going swimming, I feel like. That all happened around that time where he joined a gym and swam laps in a big pool. Um, but he's going out there, and he was like, uh, you know, you should come with me. And she's like, oh, I can't. She goes, come on, we can go to Disneyland. Remember the last thing, last time that uh, we went out there, how great it was? She's like, oh, I made the biggest mistake of my life. You know, she said it jokingly. Um, but he's like, she's like, don't talk to any actresses. He's like, oh, there are actresses out there. I hate actresses. It was a nice little um, back and forth between the two of them. I enjoyed it. Um, I, you know, it, it, I'm like hoping that Don is present. Remember like the last episode? He's like, I haven't been present. I haven't been around. And he wants to be more. I hope he is more. I don't know if that's the case. Um, because... I thought maybe he stepped out on Megan already in this episode, but I don't think he did. I think this was all in his head. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, Don gets to work. Uh, obviously, he always shows up to work late. And it seems like that's a reputation for these New Yorkers. They, he goes into the board meeting, and Harry Hamlin's there, and they're talking about Harry Hamlin. I still don't know his character's name. Ted and Bert and Roger um and um Joan I believe is there and Pete and they're talking about the fact that there was a, a letter addressed to them with like all their initials you know um S C uh D P C G C because they don't have a name yet. They they don't have a um if and if they don't have a name people are just gonna start naming them. Uh so they were, the big the big thing in this episode was what's the name gonna be? Is it going to have everybody? Is it going to have all the initials? What part is it going to be left off? Is it going to have CGC in it? Is CGC going to be first? Is it going to be second? And the ending of this episode, it makes me seem like, um, makes me think that something's happening um, and the wool is being pulled over um, maybe the Sterling Cooper people's faces. Remember, um, the one thing I do remember is the Sterling, I mean, the uh, the um, Tale of Two Cities first line is, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. So maybe there's some sort of play there where things are going really good there, but maybe they're not going as good as you think they are. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. There's There seems to be a lot of turmoil uh in the ranks and there still seems to be like an us against them. And that seems to be Harry Hamlin's doing. And I don't trust this man. He's very smooth. I, I, I enjoy the character. He's very not maybe smooth. Isn't the right. It's something about his, he's like stiff, but in a confident way, like uh, maybe that's not smooth, but I don't know. Whatever it is. I, I enjoy the por- portrayal of whoever this character is. I don't think I'm going to be a fan of the character. Where with Ted, I really like him. He seems earnest. I mean, there is the time he kissed Peggy. But other than that, he seems like a straight shooter. Um, But while that is going on, they're talking about um, having to go to Detroit. And Detroit, I guess, is going so good that they need someone else out there, not just Ken. They need they or Detroit wants someone else out there because Ken's not enough. Ken wasn't in this episode at all. But as it turns out, um, was it, did Pete offer to go? I think Pete offered to go, and um, but Ted decided he was going to go to Detroit. At the same time, uh, Don, oh, Roger, I think, wanted to go, but Roger's going to L.A. for, quote-unquote, some reason. Roger and, 
and um, Donna going to L.A. with Harry to make connections with a bunch of clients. Uh, we only see one meeting of a client, but apparently none of the meetings seem to go all that well. So why don't we stick with Roger and uh, Don? Did I say Roger and Dean? Roger and Don. Let's just stick with them. They go out to L.A. with Harry. Uh, they're driving a, um, a Mustang, which uh, a Mustang convertible, which Don's like, can you get rid of this thing? You know, can you get something with Chevy? Because it's a Ford, and I don't think they should be seen in a Ford when they're, uh, they are working with their clients uh, is Chevy. Uh, but, you know, Harry, all he cares about is being in a convertible and how, like, cool he looks and how cool he feels and how confident he is out there. Um, uh, Roger wants to go out, wants to go to clubs, wants to see women dancing in cages. Don just seemed tired and wanted to go to bed. He couldn't sleep on the plane because um, Roger would, wouldn't stop talking. It was a cool little um, back and forth with Roger and Don on the plane where Roger was like, you know... Um, we, we are, you know, he talked about like who we are. We are ad men. We're going out there. We know better. Um, you know, we should, uh, he's like, don't, don't worry about that stuff. You're like, he didn't want him studying. Didn't want him, um, um, like reading all these things. He just wanted him to relax. He's like, you got this, you know how to do your thing. And sorry, I got, um, I got distracted as a, it seemed like a bad injury happened on the football field just now. Uh, anyway, um, Oh, yeah, that was bad. Uh, so where was I? So they're on the plane, and Roger, Roger's just confident. Like he didn't, de- he didn't, he didn't want Don to to study. He didn't want him to do anything. He's like, you know, we're these big uh, New York ad men. We go in, we know what we're doing. Um, and Don wasn't like that. Don seemed like he was like the reason I know what I'm doing is because I study. And Don Roger's like, Don, stop doing your homework. Stop, stop working. Stop worrying about it. Um, I'm not sure why Roger was that way, but, uh, they get to LA and, um, oh, that's right. He said, I'm going to cut you off. And Don's like, you're drinking more than I am. He goes, no, I'm going to cut you off from work. He didn't want him to work. He wanted to relax a little. Uh, but when they get to LA, they do have a meeting with a client. It's carnation, you know, carnation, instant breakfast. You're going to love it in an instant. I've. Don't know if I've ever had Carnation Instant Breakfast. I may have had it before. Uh, but they are, you know, it's like, it's not slim fast. It's like uh, like a milkshake, like a smoothie, like a chocolate vanilla shake that you'd have for breakfast. I didn't realize they've been around since the 70s, but now that I realize they've been around pretty much as long as I can remember. So why wouldn't they be around in the 70s too? I was around in the 70s. Um they went in there and they were talking about, oh, at the, before they go into Carnation, they, I love when they show, I love when there's the backdrop of the real world or, or not the backdrop, but like there's this real world happening going on and it's in the background of Mad Men. So like, you know, the characters are going through their stuff, but at the same time, there's a lot of this, um, like there, there is this real world stuff. We have the Kennedy assassination. We have the RFK assassination. We have the uh, the Martin Luther King assassination. We have the uh, the Vietnam War, and that seems to be the big thing going on now. The Vietnam War, and you know, um, they were showing uh, the. I think they're known as the the riots of Chicago. I think that's what we were seeing, and it's on the news, and they're watching it. 
Don's watching it. He gets a call from Megan. She's watching it. They're upset. And um, Don and Megan have a nice little conversation together. Nothing, um, nothing crucial. Just little character building moments in their relationship. Um, I don't think anything crazy came out of it. So the next day they go to see Carnation Instant Breakfast. And they started talking to one of the clients, one of the guys, about everything going on. Um, and the guy's joking, like, the Democratic Party, I mean, they're, they're over with. What's, you know, uh, don't even worry about them. Um, you know, they, they're probably gone forever. Um, and then um, the other guy comes in, and he's like, what are we talking about here? Well, politics, there's no place for this. And he just gets really awkward. He starts yelling about... Um, about how po- how politics shouldn't happen, then he then he starts really talking, uh, condemning them about being uh, these New York ad men. Um, you know, you you take. He said something like, um, "When we're ready to call you, you know, being out in New York, you're 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 never there. You're out on lunch, and when you're back, we're out on lunch." And it's funny when I first thought of it, I thought, "Oh, he sees them as not hardworking, as not caring." As being, uh, you know, these um, just like, you know, alcoholic, uh, like just these like guys who don't care. They're just new north, northeastern people who are, you know, only care about money, don't care about the client. But I realize now he was kind of talking about how he doesn't like the fact that or at least partly maybe it was part of that. But partly also he doesn't like that he has to deal with a client who's on a three hour time difference. So literally, when it's like nine in the morning for him, it's it's noon in, in, in New York and they're going off to lunch. And then maybe two or three, three o'clock, they're calling him back. It's noon in L.A. So they're off at lunch. So I think there was some of that, too. But this guy was very, um, very awkward and very uh, aggressive. And I did like that. Um, Roger's like, look, I'm sorry. I don't know what your last girlfriend did, uh, you know, did for you. I'm sorry about that. But uh, he. He seemed like he tried to smooth them over. It was nothing seems to flap Roger Sterling um, all that much. He seemed uh, that he he always tries to be the smooth smooth guy about it. And I don't know. I always that's what I love about him. He he directed this episode, John Slattery. Um, Harry was in that meeting too. I don't remember him saying much, but they were talking about oh because uh, Carnation still doesn't do any commercial, any television. And was it that or no? It was something else like Sunkiss only does print. It was um, something weird about it that he they um, they they didn't want to be seen as breakfast cereal is with breakfast cereal. But like they were like, you should be advertising on Saturday mornings. He's like, along with breakfast cereal. And um, it was just. It was an interesting thing where it seemed like these guys were old timers who didn't trust in what Roger and Don were saying. It doesn't seem like any of their meetings, we only saw one, but it doesn't seem like any of their meetings went all that well. Um, they, uh, after the meeting, uh, Roger talked about, I mean, Harry was like, we have a party. Harry has all these connections out there because he works so much in TV. So Harry, Roger, and Don all go to this party up in the Hollywood Hills. Not Beverly Hills, the Hollywood Hills. And they get there and it's just a bunch of hippy dippy like people smoking and drinking and very much like hey like this is the seventies and it's still like the hippies are still there, um, the hippie movement you know isn't over yet. The war is still going on, protests are still going on as we saw on TV. Um, 
but they get there and um, there's just like there's a lot going on and just Roger and Don look so stiff in their suits. It's, it's pretty funny. But they go in there and the first thing they see is Danny. And I was like, wait a minute, Danny. And I, I forget his last name. He goes by Daniel now. Uh, apparently he is a film director. He was trying to get into advertising. He was, um, oh, he's the cousin of someone I don't even, I don't even remember. Um, but he is, um, he's out, he's out there doing films now. He knows someone from Warner Brothers. And, oh, wait, wait, wait. He was Roger's wife's. Roger's ex-wife's cousin. That's how they brought him in for a meeting. And um, he, you know, now he he's, he wears like, I don't know, what do what you call that stuff? Like a, like a hemp jacket, you know, like beads. His hair is long. He's got facial hair. He's just kind of a um, hippy-dippy now. And he's living the dream. He's got this young woman out there with him. He's probably, you know, making movies. And um, it was funny that Roger just... Made short jokes, just picked on him and made short jokes, hated him, didn't, and it was disrespectful to him, and he just didn't seem to care. Uh, meanwhile, Don is talking to someone at the bar about, like, uh, this guy who is a musician, but wouldn't mind working in jingles. Um, and then Harry's like, let's go meet this guy, uh, this other guy, before we leave. Don goes inside looking for the bathroom, ends up uh, where these, all these hippy dippies are smoking on a hookah. There's this woman there. She's the one who let, brought them into the party. And then the next thing we see with Don is he is uh, making fun. No, he is like up standing up with that woman and kissing her. And then in walks Megan. But Megan looks different. Megan has long hair. Megan is like all happy about um, doesn't mind that he's kissing this other woman. He's like, oh, I don't mind. Um, this is California. Everything's cool out here. I live here now. And, um, and then she's like, you know, I want to celebrate. And she grabs his hand and puts it on her stomach and she's saying she's pregnant. And he's like, what? She goes, he's like, what is it? She said, it's a fresh start. Um, and I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking this is all from the, the, the hashish he was smoking in the hookah pike. But, um, I was wondering if he was being carried around by, uh, another woman like if there was if there was another woman that just looked like Megan but that doesn't seem to be the case at all and then he, he sees this uh, this army guy who's missing an arm and he's talking about it. he's like oh I'm dead I'm dead now and I'm 95% sure it's the guy who he took the light or he got the lighter from um, at the beginning of this season when they were out in Hawaii um, I think that's who that was and you know, Don, anything with the with uh, army men. He goes, oh, he's like, why don't you have your army? He goes, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't become whole when we're in heaven or in the afterlife. We don't get everything back. You should see how you're gonna look. Um, and then he said, you're not a good swimmer or something like that. And then we see Don looking at himself by the pool, face down in the pool. We realize Don is in the pool. Next shot, we see him coming coming to Rogers over him. He's spitting out water. He's like, all right, everybody, he's fine. Like they don't call nine one one. They don't call anything. He's fine. He's just a bad swimmer. Um, apparently the hookah got him so wasted that he walked into the pool and almost drowned. Uh, I don't think anything happened. I don't think he kissed that woman. Uh, he obviously didn't see, uh, Megan. I don't think any of that. I think it was all in his head, 
but uh, the the funny thing, this fresh start thing, um, it was like, um, um, you know, that is something that's in the back of his head. I think obviously, like he maybe he wants to. And is a fresh start for him, or is a fresh start for him and Megan? Maybe he thinks a baby will um, will make things better. It's just it's interesting to see how um, what what that means because it, a lot of this this uh, this show is kind of seeing Don deal with everything that Don's had to deal with, like how he deals with life, how he's trying to um, get by in the world, how he's trying to better himself, how he's trying to come to terms with choices he's made in his life. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this whole thing with seeing Megan, uh, it, it's there for a reason. And I hope he remembers it. And I hope something comes from that. Like, I, I don't know, like maybe he wants to, uh, get Megan and have a baby with her. I don't know. Or maybe he's, maybe she's pregnant and this is kind of his way of finding out like, you know, supernaturally. I don't know. But, um, before they leave the party, uh, they, um, uh, Roger sees, uh, oh, he's trying to, uh, get that girl who was with Danny, trying to get her to come back to his hotel with him. And Danny shows up and he's like, come on, let's go, let's go. And he's still making short jokes. And he says, you know, Roger, I don't like violence. Roger's like, oh, I like violence. You know, I used to box. And then Danny punches him right in the nuts, which was great. Roger turns over, he goes, I hated that I had to do that and just leaves. So Roger's left in alert, and this guy Danny is like, you know what? I I, I got the upper hand. Um, I um, you know, I'm I'm better off in my life. You're stuck doing your thing, and I'm I'm off living my dream. And you know, Danny's uh, pretty happy. And I think that's the end of their story. Like Roger does come in. I mean, Roger and Don do come in later and have to hear hear some interesting things. Um, but I think. That's it. So why don't we move on over to uh, <clears throat> Joan? Because now I'm thinking the episode started with Joan meeting with a guy uh, for dinner. And she she met with this guy through her friend. Remember her friend who was moving from Mary Kay to Avon? Um, she set these guys, she set them up with dinner. Joan thought it was a date. And it turns out this guy is uh, like in the marketing department and he's looking for possibly new advertising. Joan sees this as an amazing opportunity and realizes, oh my God, I may actually be bringing in a client, a big time client on my own. She, um, the first thing she does is bring it to Peggy. Peggy's like, oh, that's an amazing opportunity. Um, We should bring Ted in on this. And Peggy and Joan is like, but it's my thing. He's like, no, no, Ted's not like that. He brings Ted in and Ted just like, he seems, he doesn't seem like disrespectful but he just is like oh this is great bring it to bring it to um bring it to uh pete pete come here as the as the head of all new um business pete's like what he goes this is avon uh peggy's in charge jones the you know contact or whatever and pete's like okay great uh get the information to me and i'll set up a meeting with me and peggy this is great and jones like no i think i should be there um and pete Pete was like, that's not how it works. You know, you, you'll get all the credit. Don't worry. And Peggy's like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to happen. Uh, so later on, Peggy shows up to the meeting. Joan's there alone. And she's like, listen, I just want to let you know, Pete, Pete couldn't make it. She's like, what do you mean Pete couldn't make it? He couldn't make it. I'm sorry. There was a mix-up. He's like, what are you talking about? 
Joan never told Pete that the meeting was going to be happening. Joan is pissed at the idea that Pete is going to be coming in and taking, the, you know, getting all the credit. But Joan screwed up, I think. Joan, look, I know she wants the credit, but this is not like there is a protocol. There's a way things are done. And Joan bypassed that and totally threw Peggy off. Peggy um, tries to talk to this guy and Joan butts in. And then Peggy just sat there and was like, oh, should I be, um, should I say something now? Like, that's how it even seemed like, oh, should I be the one? Can I talk now, Joan? Um, and it seemed like things went good. Like, the guy seemed like a good person. He seemed like um, uh, that he was there strictly for business. Uh, but it was just the way they went about it. Joan, Peggy actually, you know, was feeling like it made her sick to her stomach. She's like, you blew this. You, everything we had, you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. And um, Peggy, like Joan's grabbing at Peggy's. I'm just like, what are you talking about? And she's like, stop grabbing me like that. She, and then she's like, you know, you, um, you had to do your way to get to the top. She's like, I never slept with Dawn. And I think, you know, Joan sees that as, you know, she's a partner because she made that sacrifice. Uh, so there was just arguing back and forth between the two of them about this. Um, then later on in the episode, they get a uh, Pete is pissed off because he gets uh, all the secretaries uh, got samples sent from Avon. And, and there's a letter saying, thank you for the meeting meeting us. We had a really nice lunch. Uh, so Joan's like Joan gets called out. Peggy gets yelled at. She's like, Peggy had nothing to do with this. So Peggy isn't in trouble with this. Uh, Pete is pissed off. He brings Ted into it. And um, Ted is pissed off because of that's not how protocol is done. That's not how things are done. Blah, blah, blah. Peggy's listening in the other room. And she has the secretary run in and say there's a phone call from Avon for Joan. So she saves Joan's ass by pretending that Avon's calling for Joan. And Ted's like, well, what are you waiting for? You better not, better not mess this up. There was no phone call. But not, Peggy's like, you better hope that uh, he actually does call because... Um, now, if this is a big client, if this is the connection, if this is um, how things are being, um, if this is how they get Avon, then this is how they get Avon. They're going to have to stick with it. But it's just that, uh, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And Joan went the wrong way about it. Um, also going on is um, there's a. They have the clients, Manischewitz, and that's Roger's client, and Ginsburg is working on this thing, and Harry Hamlin's dealing with it while Roger's away, and Harry Hamlin uh, is kind of like, it seems like he sabotaged this on purpose. He ends up bringing Bob in, and definitely says Ginsburg needs to be there. There's this big argument beforehand because they're listening to the radio about the Vietnam stuff, and Stan and Ginsburg care about it. Um, but um, Harry Hamlin, all he cares about, you know, doing work. There's nothing he can do. He can't deal with this. He can't. He's not in the middle of this, so he shouldn't be dealing with this. Um, but Ginsburg yells at him, "You're you're part of the problem. This is you know what's wrong with you you people like this. That you you know this is why." Basically yelling at him because he's quote unquote the man. Uh, and Harry Hamlin is pissed off that you know he says to to Pete, he says to Ted, you know, we fired the wrong people. We should. I think we should fire all them and bring the bring these people back. And Ted's like, that's not how this works. You know, he goes, especially Ginsburg. And Ted's like, Ginsburg is a firecracker. He's lightning in a bottle. You can't you can't um, fire him. Uh, but so instead, he seems to sabotage things because at one point Bob comes in 
And Bob just seems to um, like try to smooth things over between Ginsburg and Harry Hamlin. Uh, but he, it's not his place. He gets yelled at for that. He apologizes, saying he just doesn't like uh, disrespect. And and Harry Hamlin's like, well, why don't you, uh, if you can get Ginsburg going, I, you know, um, why don't you deal with Manischewitz? And Harry Hamlin uh, says this, and Manischewitz doesn't go that well. They put him in review. In other words, they they are not sure they want to stick with him. Um, Bob takes the blame. He says, like, you know, this was my idea. But it wasn't his idea. It was Harry Hamlin's idea. And um, Harry Hamlin, I feel like, wants to, like, Ted came back from Chevy and things went great. Roger and Don came back from L.A. and things didn't go very good. Man, uh, Bob and um, and uh, Michael Ginsburg comes back with Manischewitz and things did not go good. And it seems like Harry Hamlin is trying to show or trying to push their agenda, their clients, their people over the uh, the others. And Ted even says it's, you know, you're doing this us versus thing them. He doesn't really like that. Um, towards the end of the episode, did I cover everything? I feel like I covered most of that stuff. Uh, towards the end of the episode, Roger and Don come directly into the office and Pete is pissed off. He wants to talk to them immediately. He doesn't like the way things are going. He doesn't like that there's like it's like mutiny. Like he's mostly pissed about June, about Joan, I think, than anything. And um, then Ted and Harry Hamlin and Bert—they're like the partners here. They want to come in. They all come into the office, um, and uh, they said, "We've, you know, we've we've come to a, a decision. We think the company should be called Sterling Cooper and Partners." And that, you know, Pete was like, "Huh?" Pete wasn't crazy about it, and Don really didn't seem to care all that much. Uh, he was like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, everyone's okay with this? Everyone signs off on this? Because Harry Hamlin's like, I'm in the same boat with you. All of their names are taken off, and Sterling Cooper remains. Roger's like, I feel like I should be taken off this. And then Roger says to Bert, you know, good job on this. And Bert's like, I had nothing to do with this. Bert had nothing to do with this. There was no argument. So it was Harry Hamlin's idea to be Sterling Cooper and partners. Now, something's up there, right? Something's up. He's not, they didn't do this out of the kindness of their heart. And I feel like even Pete said something about, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't a kindness. He was like, he saw through it. He's like, you know, this is not some consolation. This, they're doing something with this. Roger's like, and Don was like, what's the difference? This is the business. If you don't like it, maybe you shouldn't be in it. Um, but it seems to me, this is just a guess, that Harry Hamlin is trying to make the Sterling Cooper people look bad. Um, and when they look bad, all their names are off the marquee and Sterling Cooper is the name that's going to look bad. So these guys could move on and they'll be like, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're off, you know, we're doing our own thing. We're okay. It's just a guess. Uh, but that's what it seems like it is. I don't trust Harry Hamlin, but I, I enjoy his portrayal of this stiff uh, gentleman. Uh, I did like Roger was when he was talking to the woman uh, in California, she was tripping and he was like, I've done that. I've done that. Like there was a bonding thing before he got punched in the Cullions. Um I think, I think I covered it. Uh, you know, uh, Stan and Ginsburg, Ginsburg had his outburst, Stan smoking weed in the office and, uh, and trying to work. Oh, he's working. And Pete's like, what are you doing? And Pete comes out and takes the joint from Ginsburg, Ginsburg smoking weed while he's, uh, while he's 
um, working. And Pete just takes a drag and sits there and like a slow, um, you know, uh, exhale of smoke as, um, as Janis Joplin plays. And that's how the episode ends. So it's funny that Pete, Pete didn't have a major role in this episode. He was reacting to things. He was left out of things. But at the end, we see Pete just kind of, he seems, um, you know, disenchanted, I think, with how things are going right now. Uh, you know, he's got, the, he's got the family thing he's dealing with. He's got the mom thing he's dealing with. Uh, and he's, now he's got this work thing he's dealing with. Again, I don't like Pete, so I don't feel bad for him. But I'm just seeing, trying to see where he's coming from. Joan is screwed up, uh, but if she um, if she does get that call and she does make Avon work, then it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, Ted said he goes, you know, new business is new business for all of us, so it doesn't matter where it comes from. Uh, he yelled at Pete about that because Pete wants the credit. Ted's like, who cares? New business is new business. Um, so it's all pretty interesting. Uh, I will see where it goes. Um, and definitely Don is having some sort of existential thought about Megan and thought about, uh, maybe having another kid. Jesus, Don, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, I think, I think, I think that is it. So... A Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, we have uh, things are, are looking great in uh, Detroit. Not so great in California. Not so great in New York, depending on which side you're on. If you're still seeing sides, which Harry Hamlin certainly is. Um, Pete sees one side, his. Uh, Peggy was just like, you know, Peggy was good in this. She did what she... Um, you know, she stood up for herself, but she also helped Joan uh, when Joan really needed it. Um, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything. So, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Let me just say, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, you will hear from me again before the end of the decade, before the end of 2019. Can you believe it? Can you believe this, folks? We have, what do we have? Three episodes left in this season? 11, 12, and 13? I can't believe it. In three weeks, we will be embarking on the seventh and final season of Mad Men. I should do the whole show talking like this. This could be my public radio persona. Hello, I'm public radio Michael. Thank you so much for listening. On today's episode, we talk about Don Draper, um... Smoking a hookah and almost drowning. Oh, I think I could do that. It's actually kind of soothing to talk that way because I have the microphone right up to my mouth and I can hear it in my ear. And then I can transition to the voice you all know as I want to say, I want to thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at MadeManPod and the website is fansnotexperts.com. And as we near the end of this decade, the end of this uh, year, and the end of this season, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and coming with me as I continue this journey to strive and become a made man.
Fan not experts.